I am unwilling to give up, that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out, knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control, control, control. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders, We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden with The Kara Golden Show, and I am absolutely thrilled to have my next guest here uh, at The Kara Golden Show. As you know, we talk with founders and disruptors, entrepreneurs and authors, and hear all of their stories and uh, all of their learnings along the way, for sure. Inspiring people uh, that you really need to hear from are is really my goal to go and grab these these incredible people and uh, have a discussion with them. So today we have David Carr, who is the co-founder of Guayaquil Yerba Mate. And in the mid-1990s, when David was first introduced to the South American drink, he was hooked. And together with four other friends, uh, well, one I think was actually a brother, uh, but it, you know, he was his friend as well. He decided to launch a company that would bring Mate to the American market and driving all over the country, living out of their van while brewing up free samples for consumers uh, and trying to convince natural food stores to sell their product. It would take almost 15 years of hustle before the company really felt that it was going to truly take off, and boy, have they ever. So their mission is to create a great product coupled with their unwavering commitment to communities and the environment continues uh, still to this day. And David and his co-founders have taken an idea that they were super passionate about and curious about and made it happen. So I'm really excited to have uh, one of the co-founders, David, with us here today. So welcome, David. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. So before we get into hearing more about Guayaquil and your journey building it, I would love to hear more about kind of you and your early years. I mean, did you ever think that you were going to be an entrepreneur or uh, do what you're doing today? I think in my younger years, not really, because I was, you know, I consider myself privileged because I grew up in Northern California and I had opportunity and I went to university and I was just kind of going through the motions of like, okay, I was going to go to business school and, you know, grow up in Silicon Valley. I was around a lot of entrepreneurs and innovation. And I had this idea that cool, there's exciting companies, but it wasn't until, um, I was down in San Luis Obispo where I went to university that I ended up realizing that that was kind of my path was I wanted to do something on my own. And I, and started. I was actually starting a, a computer business because I didn't know what else to do. And because I grew up around technology, it wasn't that foreign to me. And literally, we were helping people buy a computer. I don't know if I remember back in the day, you had to like buy your RAM and your ROM and your keyboard and put it all together. And then for that, it was like a lot for people at the time, you know, and it was kind of just selling them a computer. But 
when I met Alex, my my co-founding partner from Argentina, I was it was a whole nother thing. I was I was swept away by everything. So I I went a whole different direction in technology. <laughs> I I love it. So uh, before we jump into Alex, because I really want to hear that story, how would you describe Guayaquil to people? Well, I would say I generally describe us as a, a regenerative mindset company and that we're really trying to leverage business to create positive change in the world. It was really apparent to me in business school when there wasn't even a sustainability class and everything was about the bottom line that we are like on a crash course as a civilization. It just didn't make make sense to me. There was no incentives to be uh, a holistic oriented company where you consider the social, environmental, the cultural, the philosophical. And so, you know, it's just, um, that was just my perspective on things as a, as a young student going through university. Interesting. And, and so the taste of it, like when people say, what, what does it taste like? I mean, what, I mean, how would you really describe it? It's definitely an earthy woodsy type flavor, uh, like a bit like a green tea, sometimes grassy in flavor. And then it really depends on how you, you process the yerba. Some mates have a much smoother flavor profile because they're grown in the shade of the rainforest, like our product. And so that's something we've always aspired to do is create a product that had the smoothest flavor possible for a yerba mate and also didn't have um, like a bitterness or a stomach acidity. A lot of people talk, complain about stomach acidity mm -hmm. uh, and bitterness of mate, which we don't really hear with our mate compared to like conventional mates. It's not too dissimilar from the coffee industry where you have the majority of the coffee produced in a conventional way for maximum profit and yield. How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around, available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn, quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip, Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years, helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long-term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? 
Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is The Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, The Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think, and makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of the Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for the Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. And it's typically grown, um, you know, with pesticides or herbicides, anything they can do to maximize all that. And with mate, it's much the same, whereas the only difference is yerba mate is a native forestry. So you get the highest quality, best tasting mate from the forest. And so that's where we're at. Very cool. Well, as I mentioned to you before we got started, my uh, my kids in high school were introduced to it because it's uh, stocked very in a very, very uh, wonderful way inside of cafeterias and many schools within uh, Marin County, I'm sure, as well as many other areas. And it is definitely a very hot drink amongst uh, high school students, for sure. And 
like I said, probably many, many other students as well. But I know in these high schools, it's uh, definitely a drink that is talked about and and, uh, definitely is differentiated versus other mates, as you mentioned, uh, too. So you met your co-founder, one of your co-founders, Alex, in college. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah, sure. Well, really, it was Alex who started on his own. uh, And I happened to meet him like right in the beginning when I was starting this computer business and he was decided he wanted to start selling yerba mate because a lot of his Latin friends were, were drinking this mate he had hmm. that was so different than the ones they grew up because he was getting this special mate from a rainforest and it was like different. They're like, what is this stuff? And it's really good. So I met him when he had the product packaged in a little, in a little um, tin tie bag with a sticker on it in one store in uh, San Luis Obispo uh, Foods for the Family. And it was like a co-op. And I met him at that time. And he invited me over for uh, a traditional barbecue, like a parisha, where they cook meat. And so we had a a barbecue. And then after the the meal, he passed around the traditional mate gourd. And after I drank the gourd, everything changed. Literally everything changed for me in terms of like, how I looked at things, what was possible, where I wanted to go. And and there's another story there, but I'll stop. (laughs) No, I I love it. And so can you share a little bit about the founding story? I mean, at that point, uh, you know, did you want to get down to sort of see where this was grown and, and understand more about it? Just to kind of back up, like I was very lifestyle oriented going to school in slow town. I love the mountains and the ocean. And I decided at a young age that, I didn't really care so much what I did as long as I was connected to nature and I felt passionate about what I was doing. And so when I met Alex, after six months, I found myself talking more about what he was doing than what I was doing. So I continued doing what I was doing. I'm like, what am I doing? And he just said to me one day, he's like, hey, if you, the door's always open if you want to join. And, and so I jumped in with, with him. But the, a little bit of the origin story for me, which I think is important for people to know, um, and it's very typical of founders that, that have this kind of experience. Like I, I suffered most of my young life um, with extreme allergies and hay fever. Growing up, I just was always under something in bloom. And I had humidifiers in my bedroom and I took drugs like pharmaceutical drugs, Sudafed and Benadryl most of my life. And I, it just was always in a fog and I hated the way I felt. And so I finally like cut all that stuff cold turkey when I was in my late teens in university. And, and, and the more I exercised, the better I felt. It was like the only time my head was ever clear. Hmm. So that day when I drank a gourd really strong and I'm looking at it and I was told that I was allergic to everything green. I'm drinking like the most green thing I've ever had, like a metal straw stuck in the middle of it. And within 15, 20 minutes of drinking it, like I, my nose started to clear, not perfectly, but like I could breathe. Wow. My head started, my headache started going away. Like, I was like, what is this stuff? I've never heard of this stuff. And like, I'm from California. We kind of hear about everything. And then like, yeah. no one knew what it was. But of course, like the whole, you know, South American continent knows what it is. And everyone is familiar with, with your Bramante. But in North America at the time, not many people were, uh, very few. So, you know. So you literally like caught the bug there because you thought that it was going to, it solved a problem for you. And I think you're right. Exactly. So I was, I was bit by it like right away. And then I just really loved 
all the stories Alex was sharing with me about how this product grew naturally in the forest and his dream of growing it um, back in the forest to re and regenerate rainforest that had been cut down for very commercial ag reasons. And it could be used as a financial driver to like reforest and support the indigenous people and work with small farmers. And I was like, yeah, this is, that's how business should be run. It could be used for a force for good. And the more, the more we scale, the more we can do instead of like the more you scale generally yeah. the opposite. So I really loved the, how it could be something that people could be part of a movement and get behind and kind of ties into your first question. I felt like we were part of, we're like a regenerative company, part of a regenerative movement of many companies wanting to leverage business for positive means. Well, and you were ahead of your time, wouldn't you agree? I mean, as you're, as you're starting this, I mean, you're, again, really passionate about it. You, you understand what this product can do, but no one was doing this, at least not in the U.S., in a commercial way, Correct. No, I mean, no, not really. I mean, there's a couple brands that were there, but not really there. But just like us, we were like so small for so many years. And, you know, we didn't know what we were doing either. Like, yeah. we were not like, no, we were not, I mean, relatively just inexperienced and just going for it on passion and believing in the product. But, like, no, like, I look back on it's like, you know, wow, you know, there's obviously a bit of luck in there too, clearly. Yeah, for sure. Well, I, I always tell the story when we were launching Hint 17 years ago, you know, I went to the the buyers at these different grocery stores and, and said, hey, I've got this great product. No one else is doing an unsweetened flavored water. And they take out their planogram and I'm like, I get it. I get it. Like we don't fit into a category, but, you know, just create a category and they're, you know, uh... I don't, I, I, we can't do that. And so that yeah. was, I mean, I'm sure that's exactly the same situation with you guys. You didn't fit. And so therefore you couldn't be sold in many of these stores until maybe until there was competition and other people were kind of getting into your space to make the space bigger. I'd, I'd love to hear kind of your story on that. Well, I'm sure it wasn't too dissimilar from your experience where it was like, they liked you and your passion and they wanted to make something work because they liked you. Mm -hmm. Otherwise they wouldn't. Right. And, and same thing for us, except for the very beginning, there was no room. And so we said, look, we'll stand in the store and demo the product all day long and we'll sell the product for you. And then you can pay us at the end of the demo. And that went on for like, I think like a year, a year and a half, we would just, do that because we are confident that we could sell the, the packages of loose mate to people in the store if, if they could try it and, and drink it and feel it. And that's how we started the company. Yeah, def definitely. I think I may have been in a store when I saw you guys demoing um, early on. And it was, you know, as I always share with entrepreneurs too, nothing takes the place of a founder actually being it out there and sampling and being in the mix that it's just the passion just, you know, is shining through when, when they're doing that. So it's uh, very, very cool. Side hustles are all the rage these days. And why not? It's an easy way to make money, whether your side hustle is e-commerce, affiliates, newsletters, or chat GPT. Now is the time to make your dream become a reality. 
And here is where Hostinger comes in. Hostinger offers high-quality web hosting services with all the resources you need to succeed online. Interested in setting up a new website? Setting up that initial website is super easy and extremely intuitive with Hostinger. You can launch a WordPress website in one click or use Hostinger's drag-and-drop website builder. Worried you might not be able to get the look you want? Don't be. With over 150 beautiful and fully customizable templates to choose from, they've got you covered. And as I said, Hostinger makes it ridiculously simple to make it all happen, whether you are a newbie or a pro. They can even help you create a free logo in seconds using their AI logo maker. It's really all pretty awesome. Whether you're interested in setting up a website like I did with Hint Water or creating that newsletter that you've always dreamed about, Hostinger is a great option for anyone who wants a straightforward option. Sign up now for one incredible offer. Go to hostinger.com slash Kara Golden to get everything you need to create your website for less than $3 per month, plus 10% off with promo code Kara Golden. That's hostinger.com slash Kara Golden, promo code Kara Golden for an extra 10% off. How else did you get the word out about uh, Guayaquil? That was it, you know, and it was it was my brother, Stephen and, and Don Miguel. So the three of us, like full time living on the road, most, I'd say 75% of the time we are in our first the VW bus and then one of two different RVs just traveling the country. And and we loved serving mate. It was so fun yeah. to turn people onto it because it is—it's a stimulant, <laughs> and people would get picked up and they feel euphoric when they're yeah. drinking it. We made big enough cups that when you hand someone a full cup of mate or a mate latte, they would get really excited about it. So we actually just nonstop loved serving mate, and we did that for years. And there was nothing else that we did. And then we started going to uh, music festivals and doing the same thing. So. I remember seeing you at many music festivals as well. And just <laughs> yeah. seeing the energy there. I mean, I really think that you guys uh, embraced the music festival scene, but they also embraced you. Do you feel like that was where you really kind of had the pull strategy of, of getting this into retailers? Did retailers start calling you at that point? I mean, not really. It was more just like, we were putting it in the retail space and then trying to create demand for the product. So they were always be like, Oh yeah. They started hearing that it sold. And, but it wasn't like a mad rush for the product ever. I, and I think, you know, we also weren't very skilled or strategic. I mean, we literally had a book called the tofu toll booth that we found on the shelf and it had a list of all the natural food stores. This is 25 years ago. Yeah. And we would just be like, oh, look, there's one here in, in Nashville. Let's drive there. And we drive to the next one. We just followed where the book had addresses in the in the very beginning. So over the first... And then, you know, when we started going to bigger stores like Wild Oats and Whole Foods at the time, you could still just go in and talk to the buyer and they'd take your product in. There wasn't all these planograms and head buyers. It wasn't... We are so early that that didn't really happen. So it was just our passion and showing up and be like, hey... The product's going to sell. We'll do a demo for three days in a row. We'll do a demo, and that they okay, great. We and I think what happened was what led us to the festivals was we realized we were having so much fun 
And people wanted to just hang out with us because we were having so much fun serving mate. And then everyone in the room was drinking mate and the whole store was drinking mate. And the same thing would happen at a festival. And so we just never got tired because we were having fun drinking mate. And then it just became high vibes because people loved the feeling of drinking mate and catching their favorite music act. And so it just, that was it. And the musicians started drinking mate because we'd be backstage now hooking them up and they'd be talking about, God, this is so much better than the other stuff that we yeah. use to like stay up. And it just kind of fed on itself. And we are just one foot in front of the next, no great strategic plan, just having fun, sharing a product we love, feeling good and having tons of energy. Well, you guys have definitely done that. And you can tell you're, you've been having a great time and in, in growing it for sure. So you work with you have four other co-founders and uh one of them's your brother but as i mentioned earlier a bunch of friends like would you recommend that to other people when they're thinking about having co-founders i mean what's what's sort of your advice to people like why why it's worked well i don't know about advising people on stuff like that because there's a certain serendipity and the magic that happened for us and i i know that relationships can be hard and difficult in business. I think what was different for us looking back was we all from the very beginning felt like the the spirit of Yerba Mate and the power of the plant was bigger than any one of us. And we were all just messengers on this journey to like get the word out and share about this product and what it represented for the movement and how people can come together to make change. And so we never actually had really challenging times as partners. In fact, we're all still great friends. We're going on a surf trip next week, you know, oh, together. So like, we, do, we do things together to spend time and connect. And we have so many memories to cherish and look back on and new ones that we're creating. And it's been a giant journey. I mean, with Alex and I, it's almost 27 years. And then with the other guys, it's like 26 and 25, you know? And so all of us have been 25. And then Alex and I, yeah, we met 27 years ago. So That's- it's it's... We vacation together. Our kids know each other and hang out. And it's a, spe- it's a really special thing. It doesn't happen that often. So I wouldn't say like it's a good idea. There's a lot of stress and challenges in business. And I think it can come between relationships and friendships. So it's not like a, a recipe for everyone. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, I think when I think about brands that have, um, you know, really started from a passion and a commitment, I think about you all as as one of those brands that has uh has you know really puts stakes in the ground around uh a reason for being it's not just about a great product but also uh doing lots of things to help the environment and stay sustainable and um but i'm sure you've had also challenging times along the way have you ever thought about in those years, like, okay, this isn't going to work. Is there any story that sort of comes to mind where you're like, oh no, like this is it. We're, yeah. we're, we're it. it. It happened. I'd say like there was two times where I was just praying a lot. <laughs> One time was more back in 2003 um, ish, 2004. That first time we had, it was one of those situations where, you know, women's world, that tabloid magazine in the supermarkets, they like talk about something that's a fad or a trend. And they, they called Yerba Mate South America's secret weight loss tea. And they put a picture of like our tea bag blends and, and they add 
And like, yeah, people use mate for weight loss because it curbs your appetite, etc. But not by drinking like one and a half grams of a tea bag. They're like three gram tea bags split with one and a half grams and then herbs. And those wouldn't be like a powerful mate drink. They're like a light afternoon cup of mate mixed with some tea. Mm-hmm. And um, what happened was all the stores called GNC, Vitamin Shop. I took the calls and I was like, great. I'm super naive. I didn't, I don't know, sign the dotted line and like sold them so much product. And our sales just like doubled and tripled and just went from like 100 a month to 200 to 400, even like six. It was like, wow, what's happening here? Right. And for us, you know, eight years in or whatever that was, um, it was a big deal, but it was, those are fads and, and then doesn't really work and didn't live up to the promise. So, but what happened was we bought it all, they bought it all on consignment. <laughs> I agree to sell it to them on consignment, you know, like, uh, whoops, you know, bad then, idea. Course, yeah. You know, and then we run out of cash, everything's getting returned. It was like, we were spiraling down. Um, we had just raised money before that. And, and then, uh, because I, because of a cover story on money magazine that came out. And so then we actually raised our first money and then it all got depleted. And so now we're back. But what, but you know, you try to learn from those experiences, right? Well, obviously there's a lot to learn, but one of the things was until that point, we were only a quarter four and quarter, quarter one business, right? We sold a hot beverage, Lucia Vermate and tea bags, mate tea bags. So, you know, we were strong from like September through March, April. And that was when the article came out, right? It came out like in August and then we had the whole ramp and then, and then in our strong months, December, January, February, like it just started going down and down and down. So our as partners were like, we need to do a beverage. We can't be just a two, two quarter company. Yeah. We need to be a four season beverage just to stabilize our cash flows and just to have like a, yeah, a rhythm. So that's what really came out of that experience. So yeah, it, so then we launched our glass, our first glass balls. <laughs> I love <laughs> it. Like, yeah, well, and that's and and it's interesting because you know it, I always say that search for the the good and in the rotten experiences, right? Yeah. That are super challenging for sure because we all have them. If you were to like do. I mean, it sounds like consignment really is not something that you uh, do anymore, uh, for sure. Um, but like, is there anything else that like you've learned along the way? I mean, obviously, you've built boards, you've raised capital, you've hired, you've fired. Like, is there anything that says that you know you ever from your journey you have pretty strong opinions about um, something along the way? Yeah, I mean, I think big picture, like the times where my, my spidey senses and my gut and my intuition is giving me mixed messages. I sh- I need to listen. The times that I've listened, it's always worked. And the times where mm-hmm. I haven't listened, I've had to deal with a lot of problems and drama and get back in the mix. And it's like, I felt something, but I, but I wasn't paying attention to it strong enough because I had other things that were driving me to do things. And it's like, mm, yeah, not anymore. It's got to be a hell yeah, or it's yeah. a hell no. You know. <laughs> no, <laughs> no I, I think. to say it. <laughs> yeah. Well, as as somebody said to me the other day, uh, you know, hope is not a strategy. <laughs> so, and and yeah, I no. think there's many times when you look back and you're like, oh, that's really didn't end up the way that I wanted it to end up, and then you look back and and you kind of 
hoped, right? That it would all turn out even and didn't trust your didn't trust your gut. I, I think what you're mentioning, I, I've got many of those experiences as well. So for sure. What are you most proud of of the of the journey when you uh I don't know, maybe maybe your kids start to ask you, you know, Dad, what what have you done with Guayaquil that you're just super proud about? I feel really good about all the relationships that we've made over the years and all the bonds we've forged with people in the movement who are really who really want to imagine a world where commerce is a can be a, a source for positive good and and to see the movement. You know, when we started, we were one of the founding members of B Corporation. It was like under 25 yeah. companies and now there's six six thousand of them in I don't know 60 plus countries and Organic, we are like the first organic fair trade beverage that that made it. You know, that's to, just to to help people dream big and know that your dreams can come true, and that you can really like you know, the people you work with. You can love the people you work with, and you can be passionate about doing something that's good for you and good for the world. Like there is a version of reality where humanity actually rallies together, and creates a lot of good even though there's so many things we need to do better it's just more looking at with that regenerative lens of like okay well, we're doing these things right these things are, are okay and these things are not okay and like let's mm-hmm. just be honest about it and try to come up with a plan and and a stage plan to work on all these things at different times and but to keep our focus and you know we have our values today we're still we're still care about the same things our vision's still the same we're still everything's still there it was just more of people on the team. And so I, I love that there's that, that movement and there's the power of the people and like the customer feels like they're making a difference when they're buying our product. That, that feels the best. Like your legacy is, is intact. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. It's, it's, uh, it's great to hear that for sure. And, and you're still very, uh, you're not operating the company on a day-to-day basis, but you're still very involved in, um, what the brand, uh, the stakes, like, is what I like to think about it, and and staying close to you know what the brand means to people and and what it represents. Yeah, I feel really good about all the transitions we've been going through, and been working closely with our head of marketing and and you know the the team. They run a lot of things by me, but you know they're doing great. And and I'm, being on the board, of course, I get I get a lot of information about a lot of things, and I'm able to involve myself where I feel valuable and otherwise I'm still just learning a lot from everyone else, you know, because it's, it's all new for me too, right? It's still just the same journey. It's not like I've popped companies. And yeah. so people who come in with experiences from other companies have a whole set of different experiences and have learned a whole set of different lessons. I find it interesting and fascinating. It keeps me learning, keeps me growing um, to, to, to operate at that level. Definitely. And you guys are building out your own DSD network now, correct? I think I was talking to your brother up in, uh, in an event. It sounds like you've uh, decided to just really go ahead and build it out. Why did you decide to do that? Well, initially, a lot of the motivation was around not wanting to just be a company that had to like sell to a Coke or Pepsi. You would get to a certain size and your yep. options for distribution are kind of limited. Um, or you kind of do it yourself and so we decided to kind of go for it ourselves and, and we started with a pretty big footprint and then we've since like reduced it because it was too much 
at once and too costly. And, and so we've kind of come down to like a, a happy medium where we're starting in a few markets where we can do it really well and learn the business. So we're starting in California and New York and a few other States to just really understand how it works. And then from there, we can, we can grow it or shrink it, but probably the, the, the aspiration is to grow it at the right timing and the right phasing, because there's a, a lot of advantages to having your own distribution in areas where you have, of course, a lot of sales and a lot of density, but where right. you don't have a lot of sales or a lot of density, it, it, it's costly. And so you're always trying to like figure out that balance. When I'm talking to David, by the way, I should say for those listening that are not part of the beverage or the natural food industry, so direct store delivery is what we're talking about. All the trucks uh, that you see across the country, a lot of people um, use distributors that have multiple products um, on those trucks. But uh, what I've been really interested in is what they're doing in terms of building out their own distribution. So it's... uh, very, very cool, um, for sure. So, best advice that you've ever received in this in this journey of you know twists and turns, and and uh, you know you've done an amazing job of navigating it um, for sure. And and I'd love to hear if there's if there's one thing that stands out that somebody has has said to you. Well, there was a quote that I read a long time ago. And that I put above my desk when we were starting Guayaquil. Uh, and it said, no, don't ask yourself what the world needs. Do what makes you come alive. Because what world, what the world needs are people who come alive. And I, you know, I don't think now that I've made it, that our brand mantra has come to life. I didn't even realize it until this very moment in connecting it with that quote. But yeah, just like I've always wanted people to like feel alive and and, and and share that feeling with others because I think like people who are switched on and alive naturally want to naturally want to do good in the world and they want to be connected. And the more that people are connected with each other, the more they understand that the world is interconnected and interdependent. And the more that you actually will think about the impact of your decisions, et cetera. So I think feeling alive is a good feeling. You love life. You want to be alive. I love that. That's so great. Well, thank you very much, David, for your time today. And thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll have all the information of how to reach David in the show notes and also Guayaquil and uh, definitely pick up a uh, can or uh, any of their other products that they have out there for sure. So thank you again, David. Yeah, thank you so much. I really enjoyed our time together. Thanks again for listening to The Kara Golden Show. If you would, please give us a review and feel free to share this podcast with others who would benefit. And of course, feel free to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of our podcast. Just a reminder that I can be found on all platforms at Kara Golden. And if you want to hear more about my journey, I hope you will have a listen or pick up a copy of my book, Undaunted, which I share my journey including founding and building Hint. We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And thanks everyone for listening. Have a great rest of the week and 2023 and goodbye for now. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head-on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. 
This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Golden. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.